If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. Podcast City Network. You're listening to The Everest Lee Show. Welcome to the Everett Lee Show. I'm the Everett Lee. I want to give a shout out to everyone who follows me on social media and, of course, Podcast City Network, the official host of the Everett Lee Show. Today on the program, I have a veteran and a legend on the program. You may have seen him every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on FGW Shockwave, Future Great Wrestling on YouTube. I want to welcome the program today, none other than... Jackson Breeze. How you doing there, Jackson? How's it going, Everett? Pretty good. Pretty good. How you how you been holding up with this pandemic going on? How how you been holding up? How you been occupying your time? Uh still working on little projects here and there for future great wrestling and stuff, plus uh laying groundwork for things as soon as things get back to a semi normal. Uh laying out groundwork for things that'll happen once we get back up and running back to normal and stuff. And, you know, just making plans for past, present and future actually for this future great wrestling. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I miss FGW, honestly, right, right up front. I miss it. I miss watching the product because I've went through and watched all 24 episodes and when my daughter's not hogging the TV, watching Disney programs such as frozen, I've been starting to watch the best of volumes that you have out there. And I'm, so I'm you're all up. What's that? You're all caught up. You're all caught up now. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm, I'm caught up with the storylines and here later, I want to talk and get into talking about your involvement with FGW, but right off the bat, when we talked before we started doing this today, you mentioned, you really don't know, much about me and honestly I don't but with the information that you gave me you've been in the game you've been in the wrestling business for quite some time uh haven't you yeah um, it's toward the end of 93 beginning of 94 somewhere right in that area so yeah it's been over 25 years wow it's a it's amazing with the information that that I asked you for and you gave me to have this conversation with you today i want to first start off and ask you when did you first get exposed to professional wrestling what was your first first uh, introduction to that oh shoot um my cousins down in uh, southern kentucky and introduced me to uh the early stuff that used to that used to get on tv down there uh, out of tennessee I remember my the first wrestlers I was exposed to was uh, the Fuller Brothers that wrestled out of a promotion in Tennessee at the time, uh, Ron and Robert Fuller. Okay, i've I've heard of I've heard of Rob and Robert Fuller. I've I've heard of the names heard the names there. When when was your first experience at a live wrestling event? When when did that happen for you? Uh, that would be the first time I ever went to a show. I was actually on a show. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No way. No way. What what show was that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I can't remember the promotion, at the name of it, but it was some guys, the, the guys I ended up starting out with, and it was for a group out in uh, Portsmouth, Ohio, at, at a county fair. Wow. That's that's amazing there. That's amazing. The guy, the guy that brought me in, the main guy that brought me in was a guy named Tarek. He was called Tarek the Great back then. And he had this feud that he'd been on apparently for a while with the American kickboxer. 
I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but around uh, the tri-state area back in the day, everybody knew them, and a lot of the guys that's been around as long as me, everybody knows Tarek and Frank. Frank's the American kickboxer. Um, but I worked with these guys at my shoot job, and we talked wrestling, and I knew a lot of the ins and outs. I was what they called back then a smart mark. Right. But I'd never been to a show. I'd just watch TV and stuff like that and talk to them. And Tarek was a bad guy, and he said, man, you just know the stuff and your sarcastic humor and stuff. You'd make a good heel manager, and I need a manager. And we talked for, I don't know, we talked things over for a month or so, working on character and stuff like that and the type of persona that he needed for a manager and stuff. And next thing you know, I was in the car with him and Frank headed out to Portsmouth. Wow, that's that that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> how how did that how did that feel? Just being in the car there and going and going to to do a wrestling show. How how was that for you? How was that feeling? Uh, it was it was uh, God. That's hard to say. It was a lot <laughs> of anxiety. Honestly, a lot of people don't know it, but I have social anxiety disorder and a little bit of bipolar. So getting up in front of people is tough. I don't do well in crowds. Never have. That's part of the reason I wear the glasses a lot. Trick my buddy Tarek told me. It's like putting up a wall. And like John Cena, you don't see me. You don't see the movie. You can't see into my soul. That's the way I feel. You can't see my eyes. You can't see my soul. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a trip. A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress because I'd never done something like that. And to have to get up in front of a crowd. And they put me on the mic right away. Luckily. And my sarcastic humor come through, and I just kind of blocked everybody out and just let them have it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. On the spot, man. You didn't expect that, did you? You didn't expect that, did you? Oh. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> that's 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 great, man. That's that's great. So getting getting into the business there. Having having your first experience with it, and then as time went on, you ended up you started training at Northern Wrestling Federation NWF there with Dangerous Johnny Diamond. Tell me about that yeah. there. Um, Tarek, my buddy Tarek, uh, that's where he was training at the time, and it actually wasn't even called NWF then, and it's one of the oldest promotions running around here. NWF, Northern Wrestling Federation, they're still around. Johnny's passed away, and it's under different management and all now, but yeah, that's where it started out. Um, it was in a little uh, karate school down on Redding Road, and we were when I started there, we were horrible, and our trainer wasn't very good. Johnny just owned the place. He wasn't the actual trainer. It was somebody else, but I'd rather not mention their name. That was the trainer there at the time, and uh, yeah, and we started running shows there, and Johnny was like, oh, our name was like WCCW or something like that. Uh -huh. And he was like, we, can, we, can't, we can't have shows and have people come here and think that they're going to see WCW-type shows because of our name. And he changed the name to NWF. Okay. okay. And, and then, I don't know, I was there six months to a year or something, and uh, then uh, Johnny uh, brought in Les Thatcher as the trainer there which everybody knows about less. I looked up some I I looked up the looked up Les Thatcher because I've heard the name before. I've heard I've heard names but throughout throughout the years of me being a fan of wrestling and watching it, I've heard names here and there thrown around and when I looked I looked up uh Les there and he he did quite a bit for wrestling. I didn't realize how much how much he he's done for professional wrestling. How how was that having that relationship with Johnny and Johnny and him? Just how how was that? Uh, there was it was good at first at NWF when uh, Les first came and everything. As you said, Les you know uh, was a commentator at Smokey, and before that he was a wrestler and stuff. Uh, you know he wasn't like top of the top of the card or nothing like that, but I mean, to my understanding, Les, to his credit, has things like uh, Ric Flair's first match was, again, Les Thatcher. Oh, wow. I mean, 
Yeah, and he was real good. And, and, you know, he came up with guys like Harley Race and stuff like that. So Les was cut from the old school cloth, which, lucky for me, that was great that he came and got involved and everything. It was, you know, it was, it was all good. But him and Johnny ended up having a falling out, which is, uh, and Johnny and him, Johnny locked the doors, actually, and stashed the ring. We didn't have nowhere to train or nothing, so we all started going out in the country at a buddy of ours house and training in his front yard actually damn because we had we had nowhere to go and we still wanted to you know work and stuff and a lot of those guys have been working the tri-state area for a while you know guys like Tarek and stuff so we started training in the guy's front yard and apparently Les caught wind of it and started coming out there and giving us pointers and stuff and one afternoon me Les and a guy named Brady Labor who Ended up being known as GQ Masters and a few others. We were sitting there one day, and this was like, you know, if Johnny Diamond can do this with, you know, the way he was going about it and everything. I don't see why we can't with my connections and my knowledge. And I got you guys as, you know, students. And I, th I think if we all team up, and we can make a go of this. And it's pretty much how HWA was formed, Heartland Wrestling. Wow, that's that's amazing. And when I, when I talk and hear stories from veterans and legends in old school, I'm talking about old school and the training. The training is different compared to today. Hmm. Is it? Is there a difference? There's, there's a big difference, ain't there? Uh, well, it depends on the school. Okay. You know, like if you go uh, to uh, Cody Hawk School, you'll be trained old school for sure, and. Uh, the guys down south, Jake the Snake Roberts School out in Vegas and different things like that, you know, those guys are going to teach you old school. Dr. Tom, definitely old school. That's somebody, if you listen to Dr. Tom talk about things, it's like listening to Les. All those guys like that, they all still teach the same way, and the guys who train directly under those guys, like me and Cody Hawk and a bunch of others that are out there training and stuff, they all still train that old-school way. If you're going to be involved in this business in any level, referee, valet, whatever, you get in the ring and you train just like the boys do. You learn it from beginning to end. I, I like... I like that right there. That's, I agree with you right there. You can't say nothing about that. <laughs> definitely. Well, definitely. And you know, that old school tactics, you know, that's why the guys who come out of the particular places that I name, like Dr. Tom, if you come from there or, or Sin Bodhi school or somebody like that, you know, and listen to all these guys talk and Cody Hawk in Hamilton, Ohio, you know, he just got the cauliflower alley award a year or so ago, which that's only ever been gave out three times ever. And that's because of him teaching those old school values and look what he's produced, you know, Eli Drake, Sammy Callahan, John Moxley, and the guys that trained with Cody, you know, I can't believe Cody ain't on TV instead of being the top trainer in the world. He could have been a top talent too. You know, he trained with Pepper Parks, who's also known as Braxton Sutter or, you know, part one half of Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, I I looked up I looked up stuff here in the last few weeks, looking up stuff with with the talent I've had on from Future Great Wrestling and I've come along come across a lot of Cody Hawk stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there on Cody Hawk and just seeing him in the ring and just seeing his matches because when I'm watching something with, with the talent that I've had on, it's a match with Cody. So I got to see who I was going to be talking with and I got to see Cody in the ring wrestle. It, it Don't get any better than that there. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah, it certainly don't. It certainly don't. But with Heart Heartland Wrestling Association. I looked up stuff on that right there when the name stuck out to me. As I, I've heard this before. I don't know where. When I looked up the stuff on Heartland Wrestling Association, I've... There's a lot. <laughs> yes, there's, there's quite a bit, Jackson. I didn't realize the talent that went through went through that promotion there. What 
That's, what was that's why guys like Cody Hawker and, and uh, Pepper Parks and all those guys and Eli Drake, that's why those guys are as good as they are. It's it's amazing. I'm gonna have to go back and look look up more and watch more of it because I mentioned that to you right before we started recording. I'm gonna have to go up, go back and pull up some pull up some matches and stuff on that right there. Your involvement in that promotion, what what was your involvement in the promotion there for Heartland Wrestling Association? Until most uh, what didn't I do there at one point in time or another, you know. I started there. I was in-ring talent. I was a manager, referee, whatever. I trained with the boys. And back then we trained three, four nights a week and used to run two shows a week. So we were in the ring a lot. And that's another reason everybody that came out of there was so good and everything. You know, if, if you're not if you're in the ring once or twice a, a week, you're not going to make it in this business. And we were in there six, sometimes seven nights a week, and training and everything. And it was it, that place was the perfect storm. I was so lucky that Tarek got me involved where he did and when I did. You know because just the perfect storm, the right bunch of people came together and went, as, as history has shown, um, that back then you had three major feds, WCW, WWE, and ECW. And you didn't, those talents, they didn't work around each other at all. And because of the Peelman Memorial events that HWA put on and everybody's love for Brian Peelman, they all buried the hatchet and for the first time in wrestling history everybody buried the hatchet and everybody was free to work the show with whoever they want that's and amazing that set, that set wrestling history put hwi on the map and it just it put an influx of some of the best talent in all the world in one location here in cincinnati ohio and it like I said perfect storm that's amazing what i've looked up and HWA's involvement in professional wrestling. Some of the talent I've seen, I was surprised to see on there, right off the right off the top of my head there, John Moxley. And, of course, I've seen Cody Hawk. And I found a match I started watching there with a guy known as the prototype named John Cena. <laughs> and I, it was one of the Haas brothers. There's a match on there. I started watching that there. And... Enough. I remember seeing, I remember seeing, I, I've mentioned this on previous uh, episodes. I remember my first time I seen uh, the prototype wrestle. I was in, I was in Knoxville. I was living in Knoxville at the time and I took my brother, my little brother with me and my stepmom to go see a WWE house show. And it was back when they first did the Raw SmackDown split. You only had certain talent on Raw, certain talent on SmackDown. And, it was the Raw house show. So I got got to see a lot of the people I'd, I'd see on Monday Night Raw I was watching at the time. And right before the main event, the main event was great. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Ric Flair in a steel cage. <laughs> I love that. That was one of my favorite one of my favorite Steve Austin matches that you only got to see it if you were there because it wasn't televised or anything. But before the match, they did a quick match with a guy named the prototype in the ring and he's in there just hitting the ropes doing everything and the crowd's giving him hell and he's giving it back and my little brother is laughing and I looked at him and I said I said why are you laughing at this guy look he's out there busting his butt putting on the match there and I just happened to say this Jackson for all you know within the next three years he could probably blow up and be a big superstar and look what happened <laughs> 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 John was always one of the coolest dudes. He was one of the best guys to have in a locker room. Just to, uh, his personality, and he is such a ham and a cut up. It was it was awesome. It was a lot of jokes and a lot of laughs when John was around. <laughs> if if you can, is there any any story that sticks out top of your head that you can you can share about something that happened with the with Heartland Wrestling Association, what what sticks out? Can a, a story you can share? Oh, jeez, uh, I don't know. I think some of them. I think you've covered. Did you have Cody Hawk on recent? No, I. I, I know he, he's told a 
quite a few of them. There's a few road trips. There's uh, and some of them are just so long, and it's hard to give the narrate narrated it down version, the Reader's Digest version. Just doesn't do most of them justice. Mm-hmm. Especially one of the best ones that was against Les. You need to get Cody on here and have him tell you about Susan. Okay. When, when we get Cody on here, ask, ask him about Susan. I will tell you one. Um, we did a thing called the Mayhem Tour. Okay. And we went. We took HWA. This one, me and Hawk owned it, and we took uh, HWA on the road. We had a uh, few headliners in the different towns. Like heck, saw Jim Duggan was on, on like two or three of the shows. But anyway, we get to this one hotel, and you know, me and Cody was ahead of the whole caravan, so we get there first, get everybody's rooms set up, and get the keys, go check out the rooms, make everything sure everything's good. We'll, we go up to the hotel rooms at this one hotel, and they've got Andy's mints on each one of the pillows in the rooms. And me and Cody immediately make eye contact and, and get a big grin. And he's like, somebody needs to go to the store. And I'm like, yep, I'm on the way. So I go to the drugstore, and I get boxes of chocolate X-Lacks. And we, well, I'm going getting them. He's undoing all the Andy's mints off. When I'm in the room, got all the Andy's mints off all the pillows. And do not do this at home, children. Because uh, nowadays you'll get sued over something like this. <laughs> but I come back with the x lax We break all the individual squares and we put one in each one of the Andy's Mints wrappers and get rid of all the Andy's Mints and then go back in the room and scatter them on all the pillows. And then, of course, some of the inner circle, <laughs> hate to use that term, but we let a couple of people know, hey, man, whatever you do, don't eat the mints. But... Okay, so a few hours go by. One of our buddies, Chad Collier, he uh, gives us a call and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, I just wanted to call to you. I I found my room, everything's good, and da da da. Hey, they put these mints on all the pillows. And before Cody can say whatever you do, don't eat the mints. He's like, dude, I went and gathered them all up and I ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. no, not a good uh, late night for uh, Mr. Collier, needless to say. Oh, man. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. He, you know, he ate, I don't know, 10, 15 of those squares, and you're supposed to eat like one. <laughs> you know, rough evening for Mr. Collier. Jeez, that's... <laughs> Uh, that's that's crazy. I've I've experienced well, not on the receiving end of it, but over over the years, pranks as part of a some something like that with X lax, but not like that. There, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, we thought we'd get a couple of the guys, not everybody. We thought some of them be smart enough because you know, I don't. Cody is known for this stuff. Me, I've stayed in the shadows a little bit, but those that know me from way back, they know you don't leave things like that lay around per chance because I love that kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I like that. That's that's great. That's great. I'll do a few of those from his road trips. They used to go to Pennsylvania, him and Race and Roy Fox and a few of them. Cody's got a few of them pretty similar to that that have got done to several different people. So, yeah. And we're still pretty active at the uh, FGW arena on that type of thing. Yes. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh, wow. With with being there, with being there at uh, HWA, what was what's one one of your favorite things there that that uh, when when you think of HWA what's what's the one thing that sticks out that you that you enjoyed the most out of out of that promotion there? Oh my God, there's just that was that was so many years of just uh, golden opportunities and so I mean me and some of the guys that were there from the beginning to the end could write several novels on what we learned and seen and things like that. So there's no way to tie up just one thing. Because, I mean, when the, we had the contract and the, the payment events between all that, I mean, there was how many, seven years of contract? 
you know, of everybody from WC, old WCW and WWE, from, I mean, everybody from the top guys to the new guys coming in and out of that place on a regular basis. So I got to meet everybody who was anybody and made some real good acquaintances at the time and at the time some real good friends, but because of the life of pro wrestling, you don't never see them no more. And some of those guys see so many, meet so many thousands of guys like me for a couple years and then go on to half of them probably don't even remember those times that I remember with them. You know? Right. Right. Because I got, I, you know, there was there for a couple years. I got to hang out with Kevin Nash a lot during the contract days and the natural born thrillers. If you remember Mike, Mike Sanders and all those guys and Jidrak and all them, that was part of that. Yeah. They were there and they were traveling with us. And I got to be drinking buddies for, with Kevin Nash there for a while and stuff because he was in and out of there so much. And Eddie Guerrero, I got to be pretty good buddies with him for a few years because of the Pillman events and stuff like that. Yeah, the the Pillman events there. How 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 did that how did that all start there doing the during the Brian Pillman events? I've I've listened and seen him over the years back I remember him heavily back in the Attitude Era, towards the beginning of the Attitude Era during WWE when he had that feud with Steve Austin, and I remember when Steve Austin was stunning the Hollywood Blondes. Sorry, sorry, Steph, but I, I lose, if I don't speak, I'll, I'll lose my train of thought. But during okay. that time period, um, Pillman was rehabbing his leg and stuff where he had flipped his Hummer and messed up his ankle. And he was trying to get back ring ready, and he was going to HWA to do that, and you know, behind the scenes with the guys that were there because of less and less with buddies and stuff. And he lived over in Walton, Kentucky. And the stuff that was going on that you've seen on Raw and stuff, like when Austin came through the window with the gun and things that only aired one time. Yeah, a bunch of the guys that beat up in the driveway. That was a bunch of us. Cody Hawk, I think, was in some of those even and stuff that was and we were all greener and grass but that that when they shot that stuff at uh Pillman's house uh, that they used a bunch of the hwa guys in the driveway to get their ass beat by uh, stone cold and everything and like I said Pillman was uh, he was rehabbing his ankle there at hwa and knocking the ring rust off and everything at their arena and when he passed away and, you know, because of that, Les wanted to do something for his kids. And all the guys there, you know, Brian was really super good guy. He was super nice, kind of quiet and stuff, but super nice guy and everything. And everybody wanted to do something for him. And Les, that's when Les got on the phone and started calling around saying, hey, uh, WWE, can we borrow a few of your guys? We're going to do this event in Norwood where Brian graduated school to raise some money for his children. And Les made some phone calls, and then those phone calls, it was like chain reaction. Everybody started calling everybody and say, hey, did you hear what they're doing in Cincinnati for Brian? Hey, did you hear what they're doing for Brian? Next thing you know, all these people are calling HWA and saying, hey, we want in, we want in. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. What was it some of the speaks for Brian? It just it it speaks for the character of Brian. Everybody wanted to be involved and do something. What was some of the talent that that participated and came to the event there to support Brian Pillman's and memory and Brian Pillman's family? What was some of the talent that's that's been there at the memorials? Oh geez, it went for four years, and by the you know, and each year it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I've actually got the programs that we printed out from them. Uh, I have dig one of those up because just about anybody who was anyone at the time. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin was there, Ric Flair was there, Steamboat, uh, Terry Taylor, you know, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Conan. Road Dog, X Pac. I mean, I, uh, Benoit, Jericho. Like I said, everybody that was anybody at the time, the mid bottom of the card at ECW, and 
at all the all three feds from the bottom of the card to the top of the card there was just so many people there especially by the last one like i said each year it got bigger and bigger and bigger that's amazing i i like that i when i was going through looking at footage and pulling stuff up there i did see there was there was one of the events there i'm gonna have to go back and and check that out and watch it there yeah Brian, Brian Pillman, I was I enjoyed what he did in the ring there, with especially what I saw on TV there, and then when he tagged with Steve Austin, Hollywood Blondes, WCW, and then that feud he had there with Steve Austin, that was I'd never seen anything like that at that time there, Jackson, with the with with the Steve Austin feud, him coming into the house there and the gun. That's no, I remember that episode well. You know, I knew it was happening because we were up there that night. You know, like I said, they were using some of our guys for getting a beat down and everything. So I made sure I I wasn't there at the house that night. I was home, and that was one of the live episodes. And it aired the one time, and you never seen it again. People had a conniption. <laughs> I've heard some stories. I heard that I heard this. I think there's one story I heard that a grandmother was watching it. And she called the cops to, to say, you need to go help this. You know, there's no way you could do stuff like even remotely close to the stories they wrote back then. No, no, you can't. You can't. I, while not too long ago, I put up on, on my uh, Facebook, I came across a video and I talked about it a few times there back when Dusty Rhodes was feuding with the Four Horsemen, and when the Four Horsemen jumped Dusty in the middle of the day in a parking lot there, Tully, uh, Oli, and uh, J.J. Dillon jumped him right there, and they tied him up to a truck and started beating him down. And seeing something back then like that was just, wow. I remember as it jogged my memory as a little kid watching that, my dad getting all getting all mad and upset that they were beating up Dusty because he was a big Dusty fan. And it's just, you, you see something like that today, you get the cops called on you. <laughs> Times have changed. Shooting something like that nowadays is because somebody drives by and sees it and then they, they don't know what's going on and they're like, oh my God, look. <laughs> and everybody's got a cell phone. So <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, cops are pulling up. Uh, is there a problem here? <laughs> no, we're just we're shooting this for a TV show. Uh, <laughs> then you spend the next hour and a half trying to straighten everything out. Yeah, you ever you ever experienced anything like that where something was going on? No, or you had no. some something going on, and then the cops show up, and then you have to explain that. Has anything ever happened to you in your in your years of uh, in professional wrestling? Uh, you know, there's been different things like that happen at several ships, especially like the bar shows. We used to run a thing in Peel's Palace over northern Kentucky. It used to be a big uh, wrestling venue and stuff. And I remember the state police and local police and everything having be called there more than one occasion. And Metropolis, that used to be in uh, over around Fairfield area, I remember them being called there a couple of times for things that were part of the show, but people walking by like in the mall that just kind of poked in for a minute, seeing what was going on outside the ring and thought it was a riot. <laughs> called the police and they said, you know, there's a whole lot of cops running in thinking that there's a riot in the bar and then they get there and they realize, oh, it's the wrestling night. Uh, never mind. <laughs> 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 you ever you ever say hey you want to you want to be an extra be in the part uh <laughs> yeah that's that, that's that it just makes it more entertaining don't it when when yeah. people think it's when you get the fans that still love it so much that they believe that much you know there's i remember a few times when guys have had to have the uh, police escort them to the car because the fans were so pissed off that and bought every bit of it and thought it was for real and was just wanting to catch them between the arena and their car it's like, uh, officer, do you mind if the two of you escort him to his vehicle, please? We've got about 30 people out here waiting on him, and we'd like him to get home. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask this because I, I love hearing, hearing different stories about this right here. Fan interaction. 
what is one of the craziest interactions you had with a fan like going to the ring or being out being out there in front of a crowd what was the most craziest reaction where you had a fan you had that moment where a fan was wanting to get over the barricade and get go after you oh man yeah, Jackson Breeze has been through a lot. Early days, I was as dirty and rotten and scheming as they could be, and then I spent a while in the gray area that I thought you know, leaned toward the nicer guy. And apparently nowadays, people think I'm evil, scheming, you know what. But uh, So, I don't know. Uh, as a bad guy, especially back in the day, you know, and you know, 20 years ago, things were different. Fans definitely uh, believed a lot more back then and stuff. So yeah, I've definitely had people come over that tried to come over the thing after me. I've had them grab a hold of me. I've had one guy take a swing at me and uh, ended up taking my hat off. I wear a lot of different hats to the ring and stuff. And the guy took a swing. Luckily, I ducked enough to all he did was take my hat off and stuff. Wow. But, you know, back then, back then was a lot different than now. I'm not sure how some guys would handle it. Well, depending on who was trained. My, the guys that I'm really tight for with and stuff, my inner circle, I know what they'd do if they got hands laid on them. Pretty much the same as me, depending on how much hand they got on me. But, yeah, I, you come over the rail. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm defending myself for real. Essentially, this man age you don't know about people, man. So you know, heckle me all you want, just don't touch me, man. That's all I can say, man. And that part's legit. I don't care, good, bad, I don't, ugly. I don't care Uh, when it comes to that part. I'm protecting me because people are nuts nowadays. I agree. I agree. People, you you don't know they they become unhinged so easily nowadays and there there for a while for a few years ago there was there were stories about about uh, for example wwe people trying to get involved they they get over that barricade and decide to become part of the match and you're there for entertainment you don't decide to become part of what's going on in front of you you're there as a spectator to enjoy it and And it just. And I realize people want to get involved, which that's good. Get involved, especially me when I go to the ring. If you're not supposed to like me, so don't. I don't care. Don't like me. Get in my face, bitch at me, vent all you want. Just like I said, just don't touch me. Don't take it too far. Get involved all you want. I love it. Uh, The good guys, the bad guys, it don't matter. We all feed off that. You want a good show as a fan? Stand up out of your chair. Make some noise. Give us something to feed off of. If we're a bad guy and we go out there, let us know you don't like us. Bitch, we love it. We love it. You love it. Makes it fun for both, everybody involved. I I agree right there. I agree. It it kills me that someone spends the money to, to see a show and then they decide to jump that barricade and become part of it and what it's like why you just wasted your ticket there you just wasted your ticket i've i've heard stories i've heard stories when back back in the day when someone did do that and they were taken to the back um it wasn't pretty (laughs) it was Uh, not pretty And, and, you know, like back in when I used to do, do bar shows and stuff, and usually if a fan that does that is somebody who goes there on a regular basis, and now they just lost their favorite place to go forever because you get banned. You don't get to come back to places when you do something like that. Plus, you just screwed up the whole show and now had made security have to tighten down on everybody else in the building for from now on and stuff like that. It's just that's just bad all the way around. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's it's it is bad. You're you're taking you're taking yourself you're taking away what you love too far and you're taking it away from you. You're you're just basically just you know pissing on it there. <laughs> Pretty much, but FGW, future, <coughs> future great wrestling. Yep, I love what I see out of the product. I've said this a million times, and I've said that a million times, but I'm I never get never get tired of 
just saying how much I enjoy FGW. Going back from the beginning and watching it and getting caught up with it since I've had quite a bit of time here in between everything going on, doing a show, running a podcast network with my two co-owners and just going back watching FGW and the the stories that's being told out of the ring and in the ring. William Wolf becoming Billy. That that was that that's was pretty pretty interesting. Good story there. Pretty pretty long run there. And I I told William and everybody involved in that this. I've done this for you know over twenty five years. I've seen just about everything out there. And I used to go to a place down in Louisville that used to be known for serious serious hardcore stuff. I mean bloodbaths. People come to the back with these big gashed out foreheads. I mean, I seen some nasty stuff, but that famous baseball bat to William Walsh's face that was one of the most incredible, coolest, wickedest, vicious thing I've ever seen in all my years. That was so money. Yeah, that I I couldn't believe it when that happened here. I'm like, what the hell? And then. Him waking up, hey, I'm Billy. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, the story was awesome too, but you know, and uh, but that shot, it was just, and I know there's different clips out there of it in slow motion and stuff, and oh, it's sick. It mm-hmm. is sick, and I, the sound. Yeah, I was in the locker room, and the sound that it made back there. Oh God, I, it sounded like he was dead. Jeez, that you heard it from the crowd too. You heard that hit him on the side of the face, and then you—it was like brief silence. You could hear a pen drop briefly, and then you just heard the wind go out of the room. Everybody at once, <gasps> and it was oh yeah, it, it was sick in a really cool way. <laughs> 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 that's that thick sense of humor that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that that I cringed when I when I was watching that on TV there because I, I brought up when I was talking to last night when I was talking to Shauna uh, Reed or it was uh, no it wasn't Shauna it was uh, Ripper Blackheart when here in Daytona Beach when AEW came and did the fighter fighter festival when they started doing the first few free live pay per views. My five, 10 minutes away from me, me and my wife went and seen that. And when sh- that moment during that pay-per-view, when Sean Spears came out and he took that chair and he, he hit Cody, Cody in the head with it, I was way up in the almost nosebleeds there. And you can hear that sound of the chair connecting with his head through the arena. And I just cringe. I just cringe when I hear a chair sound, sound, man, when someone takes a chair. It just like, God, it just chills up my spine. Sometimes it just just got that certain sound that you're like, oh, that was sick. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it sends chills. That's about the only second time that I've actually had chills go up, go up my arm. The first time was back in 2015. Me and my wife went up to New York, and we went up and went to SummerSlam in New York. First time been in New York, and night after got to experience Monday Night Raw. But there at SummerSlam 2015, the main event was Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Seeing Undertaker over the years on TV and actually seeing him come out and experience his entrance, that just yeah. gave me chills right there. I was like, wow, and just seeing it you know, live was an experience that I'll never forget. Just like, just like the chair shot, a chair shot there. I still cringe. I cringe just thinking about it. <laughs> Wrestling's good to watch on TV and like on, on YouTube, shockwave everybody, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but to be there live, nothing ever replaces being there live. Oh no. It's it, a- the, the atmosphere is so much different. It's the difference in listening to music on the radio and being at a live concert. Mm-hmm. I I prefer live. I definitely definitely prefer live. I went back because I've attended some WWE events over the years, and then going back watching it, it just it just didn't feel the same as it being live right there, especially SummerSlam 2015 when 
John Cena was wrestling Seth Rollins. It was the WWE title, US title, title thing, title for title they were doing. When Cena came out, my ears was ringing from the arena, just you know, singing along. John Cena sucks. I mean, yeah, <laughs> my ears were ringing after I left out of there, man, on the subway back to our hotel we were staying at. <laughs> there's nothing like it, man. That's that's one thing I like about independent wrestling, and there's. I can't wait for it to get back up and start start running again. I know everyone FGW is chomping and ready to get back in the ring. And as yourself, you're you're ready to get back in the ring to um, make oh, matches. I'm missing it so much. Everybody at FGW is just it's it's killing them. The whole locker room is just gnawing at the bit and just hating this isolation and stuff for one we're people people you know we need around our people especially as far as the your wrestling family and everything so yeah it's it's pretty rough on everybody out there and it's i know it's definitely rough on the locker room at fgw but yeah the, they will be very very happy to get back together good bad and indifferent they just want to they just want to get back to entertaining and doing what they love they, they do, they do, and over the weeks talking, talking with the talent, they're they're ready. They can't wait to get back in the ring there. And those who's been watching, and if they don't know, on the shockwave, you know, while everything's down, there are a lot of things being put out there that uh, hasn't aired before. That maybe some only the live crowd seen, and if you weren't there, which you know we can only put so many in the building, so not everybody gets to see everything anyway. And not to mention, everybody's been working on uh, different projects from home and different things like that. So there's all kinds of special content. Plus, there's a few things that's been going on behind the scenes that's uh, been slowly leaking out somehow on there also. So there's little tidbits here and there of things that's still going on, things that happened in the past. And there's a few little nuggets in there for things that's yet to come. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. One, again, what I what I like is during this time with FGW talking about filming stuff. That's that's great. That's that's one thing I like because a lot of a lot of promotions only have out there with what they have, and FGW is taking it a step further with filming everything and piecing together and putting out there great shows and great content and having having the best of volume because yeah there's there's stuff that i've not seen and no one has seen and it's great that you have that you have that content right there to release and that's 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 pretty damn smart jackson that's pretty damn smart on a promotion right there you have that content that's called a lot of years of doing this. That's why uh, Brian has a lot of the guys behind him that he does, like myself and Cody Hawk. You know, we've, we've been doing this a long time. And they're doing the same type thing there that we did back at HWA, which is a studio format instead of a spot show. Like you were saying, a lot of independents, they might run a place uh, on a regular basis, but it's every month or two not week to week, which that's what a studio type thing is, like the old AWA or NWA stuff from way back when, and now NWA is now doing studio stuff that online that you can watch, which is kind of the, that's the kind of thing that I was brought up in, in HWA. It was always that studio format, which uh, a lot of people aren't going to know what that is because they're not old enough to remember when that type of wrestling was and different things like that that was just it was it was filmed in a studio for TV in front of a small audience which is if you get trained that way and you get the opportunity to get on one of these big feds on AEW or WWE or something like that you're ready for TV by being trained in this type of format I love how it's shot it's it's not I, I've seen a lot of indie indie shows and stuff i've watched on watched on youtube clips of matches you got a you got person out there with cell phone ipad the way the way it's shot i love the camera angles and i love how it's cut and edited together you got that hard cam and you got you got your camera guy going around there and getting everything 
And I, yeah, I love that. Team and especially Mr. Neary, he, uh, he's got some quality equipment that he uses for us and does our editing and every and puts the shows together for us and everything. And just think, FGW is just one year old. Like you, me and you were talking before we went on the air about you taking years to get all the equipment you've got to do these podcasts. You know, it's baby steps to develop this and to especially to sink the money into equipment. And after one year, FGW has done so much in that area. And they've got such a nice arena, nice equipment, thanks to the people who are with Brian and Brian himself. They've done a fantastic job in that area, and they are so far ahead of the game. You know, we were talking about HWA earlier. It took us, you know, we got lucky, and we hit that Pillman event, which brought in a lot of money because of the students that came from all over the world to train there, which gave us money really quick to build up and buy good equipment and things like that. But at FGW, they haven't had none of that. And in a year's time, they're so far ahead of the game from when I was at HWA and stuff. And they've got one of the best locker rooms that I've seen since back in those times. And I've helped start up like five different companies in the tri-state area in my 25 years. So so these guys are really on it. It's it's amazing. I I just – just within a year, you'd think it would, when you first watch it that the FGW has been around for quite a while. That's that's how good the product is when you watch it back on on FGW Shockwave there on YouTube. And it's a hundred percent credit to that locker room. Though the the wrestlers and talent in that locker room, man, it, they they're they're amazing. And they work so well together, and they've got such a love for professional wrestling and entertaining the people that come to see them. That's a, it. It is amazing. I it's fascinating, and I I love it. I I definitely I definitely love it. One, if I ask you one, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that sticks out about FGW that you love, one thing that sticks out, and you probably already mentioned it though, but what's the one thing that sticks out that you love the most about it, working at FGW? That I love the most about it, the yes. locker room and the guys that's involved there. You know, some of us on a personal level, honestly, really don't see eye to eye on certain things. But when it comes to wrestling and each other, you know, there's a reason we're a family there. And it's because we accept all of our quirks and idiosyncrasies and stuff that we all have. And trust me, if you're involved in pro wrestling, you're not right in here. Trust me. So we are a band of misfits who really care about each and every one of the people that are in that locker room with us. And if we had a beef with anybody there, they wouldn't be there. Everybody there is a true family. And we've, we've been through some shit together. Oh, pardon my French. Bleak. That's fine. <laughs> I have no filter. I have no filter, but I'm not dropping f bombs like I usually do, and uh, <laughs> um, give, showing some respect to you. And uh, it's not needed for this because I'm I'm impressed and amazed with everything that you've done with the promotions you work for, starting out and getting into wrestling and. It's amazing, and it don't look like Jackson Breeze is slowing down anytime soon. Oh, I'd like to think that, but, you know, I remember when I first started out in this business, and a few of the guys at FGW have heard me say this over the last uh, year there. You know, I remember when I started out in the business and I was young, and I'd go to some of these locker rooms, and I'd go in there, and I'd, I'd look, and there'd be a couple older guys to me they were old dudes you know old gray-haired guy kind of like i am now and i'd be like why in the hell are those old dudes in this locker room with us and somebody well that's so and so and it's like damn i'm the name and there'd be somebody that i grew up hearing about you know and stuff like that and it's like he's still doing this why and it's like now as I said, these guys have heard me over the year. I'm that old guy. <laughs> and, 
I hate to say it, but it's starting to bug me because now I feel like, uh, man, I show up at these shows. Yeah, the people local around here, they know me because they know of HWA and different promotions that I've worked for and I've done it for 25 years in just this one area. But the guys who ain't from around here and stuff, I walk in a locker room and I know they're the new me and they're sitting over there. Why is that old dude over here, over there? Why is he here? Is he actually on Joe, <laughs> 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 I don't know how much longer Jackson Breeze is going to be around. To be honest, <laughs> oh man, from what I what I see in FGW, it don't look like you're going going away anytime soon. And I want to touch on that right there. <clears throat> you said coming in the locker room, FGW had had some great appearances from some well known people in the in the wrestling uh industry such as leaping lanny Poffa and uh, amber o'neill uh just to name a couple right there i've seen you know come on come on there how how was that having both both of them coming to fgw there uh that's very good uh lanny actually is goes back with brian a ways the owner of fgw he brian also owns a comic book store and uh, they met through that. He does a superhero thing, for with the, which is comic book related. And Lanny's always came in and done uh, autograph signings and different things like that. And him and Brian know each, from my understanding, know each other pretty well. And you know, and then there's you know, Cody does a lot of used to do a lot of booking in FGW and things like that. Me and him and a few others. And Amber O'Neill, she is a former HWA alumni and you know and Sammy Callahan has popped in the door there and uh, Jake something which you know those are impact guys and, and you know Cody's still in touch with a lot of those guys from back in the day and everything and they talk pretty regular and when those guys are in town you know a lot of those guys they they remember where they started out and they like to get back in there and give back so they hit up Cody or somebody and hey man I'm going to be in town would you mind and it's like would we mind are you freaking kidding me yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they just like to give back that and it's a chance for them to come back and hang out with some of the people that from way back when that's that's amazing that's amazing I, I really enjoyed that episode with the uh, Leaping Lanny coming on there and having having that match there with he tagged with Ryan Michaels. I'm that's that's one guy right there. I'm impressed with. From what I've seen on FGW, I'm gonna have to go back and look at the best of stuff. I know, not spoiling anything for me, Jackson. You probably got some stuff with him on the best of that that I can I can look at. Can I? Because Ryan I'm in Michael. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he, he's very intense, isn't he? Yeah, I I was watching when I was looking at when I, when I was talking to Shauna Reed last night. And when I was going looking at matches, because I pulled up about three matches to discuss with her, and while I was looking at footage and stuff, I forgot to mention this to her. If she watches back at this year, I stopped and watched one of the matches she's had with Ryan Michaels. Damn, <laughs> that's some good. That's some good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shauna's definitely credited, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Hold her on up in the ring, and she's you know. As far as I'm concerned, it's still kind of green, but she's been doing this a while, and she's she's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I complimented her on. <laughs> I said green, but she she's been doing this what a little over four years at least now. Yeah, she's she's been she's been doing it not that long, but it's it seems like she's been doing it forever. Just her her style because I had her on my show last year on episode 110 first time i talked to her when when i talked to her at that time watching footage of her and wrestle and then compared to a year now watching pulling up footage and watching her she's added a lot of stuff to her to her moves and how she works in the ring and it's she's she's gotten better i mean way better she was here okay. she's took it up to here she's she's turned it up a notch a few notches man yeah. Well, um, while you've been watching Shockwave, you know if you go back and you watch all the all the guys from that from the beginning, what they were like, uh, 
a year ago versus now, they've all grown so much. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of ta- top caliber talent in there, and you know, the world's their oyster at this point. You know, most of them are fairly young and they're solid workers and stuff. Uh, you know, they they do everything right. You know, it's it's up to them how far they want to go in this business. Mm-hmm. And that that reminds me, and one one last thing I want to want to touch on you with before we start wrapping it up here getting into wrestling being a performer or working behind the scenes what could you say to someone about wanting to work in the ring and doing stuff behind the scenes what advice would you tell someone what would you give to someone oh man don't do it (laughs) (laughs) Dude, <laughs> before before you answer, um, it, it's a tough life. Um, being a pro wrestler or any type of uh, pro wrestling entertainer at all, any part of it, is no different than being in a band. You know, the long hours, lot of time on the road, uh, no food, no money. I mean, the it. You've heard the old ACDC song, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Yes. Well, it's a lot longer if you want to be at the top of pro wrestling. <clears throat> there's very limited amount of jobs out there, and there's a lot of people that want to do it. That's why I said, you know, um, the guys at FGW, I'm fortunate enough to be part of that locker room. You don't see many locker rooms like that, and it's up to mo- almost every guy in there on how far they go in this business, but it's a matter of how much they are going to sacrifice and pay to get there, and it's tough. Agree, agree. Before before, uh, before I almost cut you off there, I was going to say you're not the first veteran that I've talked to in the in in the business that said, don't do it. <laughs> You're the second one yep. that I've heard that say, to say that. Yep. No, I've had a lot of the old timers in my ear years ago and off and on back in my early career days. You know, I, I started out with guys like Les and stuff and they, you know, every one of them preached the same thing. Him, Dr. Tom Cornette. I met him when I first got in the business through, uh, Less when I was at NWF and stuff, uh, when he was still doing the smoky stuff, and he told me the same thing. <laughs> you sure you want to do this? <laughs> and I should have listened because you know, it, like I said, it's kind of like a band and stuff. It's a hard road and hard life, and everybody knows the rock star life. You know, very few people make it. And damn it, but once you're in it. I've tried to walk away, I know, at least three times in the last 25 years, and I've ended up back again and again and again. That's amazing. That's amazing. And <laughs> I, I want to say thank you for coming on here today and, and talking with me, and uh, just thank you for, for everything that you've done in, with your time in professional wrestling. And I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are, are gonna look back on this here, and when they do listen to this audio, audio portion and view the video portion, hopefully they can walk away with something, and uh, hopefully to be entertained at the same time too, because it's been, it's been a blast just sitting here talking, yeah. talking to you, and I love here, I love hearing the stories, and it never never gets boring for me one minute doing doing what i love doing here doing this here and talking with people like you getting the chance to it's it's been an honor sir i i appreciate you uh providing a platform for uh guys like me and in this business to get out there and speak and it, it's good every once in a while to get on on something like this and get to uh tell a little bit of my story um uh, not really what you would call famous in this business. You know, a few people right around 
where I started out around the Cincinnati area. A couple people here and there know me, but you know, it's just local people, and that ain't even nothing famous. That's just uh, me getting to know the people in the business that I've had the privilege to work with. And like I said earlier, you know, I was fortunate to get at the right place at the right time and got to uh, pick the ear of uh, just wrestling legends that I grew up watching and admiring and that's the only thing that I've got to give back to this business is the knowledge that I was able to get from those legends and stuff and retaining my brain and try to pass it on to somebody who's uh, crazy enough to make a, try and make a living at this. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. It's amazing. And I, I want to give you a compliment of uh, how you've kept up with the times and stuff and kept up with, with, uh, with everything like, with technology and and social media especially social media where where can people find you out on social media at oh believe it or not jackson breeze is on all of them uh, <laughs> just uh, just uh, search out uh, jackson breeze i'm on uh, facebook uh, twitter and instagram and uh, make sure you check out shockwave on youtube uh, and uh, watch for me on there because I make an occasional appearance in uh, a few of those. Amazing, good stuff, good stuff. We'll have to we'll have to do it again sometime. Have to get you back on and uh, share more, share some more stories. And I've I've enjoyed it again. And Podcasting Network, your top source for independent podcasting. Head over to podcasting.net for great content and great shows over on the website. Hit them up on Facebook, Podcast C Network. Give them a thumbs up and a follow. Send them a tweet over on Twitter, at Podcast C Net. Subscribe to their YouTube channel for video podcast over on Podcast C Network and on Twitch, Podcast City Network. You want more Everett Lee? Then hit me up on Facebook. Give me a thumbs up and a follow, Everett Lee Show. Twitter, at the Everett Lore Score Lee. Instagram, Everett Lee Show. And audio portions of this podcast and previous release podcast. Head over to YouTube, the Everett Lee Show, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Podbeam, and iHeartRadio. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today, listening, audio portion, and the video portion of the Everett Lee Show. I'm Everett Lee. Everyone have a great week, and I'll see you again next time another episode of The Everett Lee Show. 